Grant, delighted to have your company, as always. We've spoken many times over the years, uh, and I'm really delighted that you've joined us uh, for our half-time piece uh, for the Queen of South game. Obviously, the game's 45 minutes old as we kind of speak in the future. But what we're looking at doing is uh, we may a longer interview with you as well that we'll put up uh, on our kind of podcast uh, over the coming days. So, firstly, how was your Christmas? How's things going for you? No, smashing. Christmas was great. Aye, aye, perfect. Thank you. Uh, and we've just seen the cup draws just be made in the last uh, hour or so. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a trip for Kelty down to one of your previous clubs, Stranraer. Did you have a wee feeling? Stranraer coming come and play, so that'll be interesting, definitely. Oh. Of course, it's of course it's a home tie. So, uh, did you have a wee feeling that you might have drew an ex club? Is that something that you keep a wee eye for? I've played, I've played for a few, so I, there's always a chance. <laughs> How's things working out at Kelty? I know it's a club that's held in really high regard. Um, I've been along to watch them prior to lockdown a number of times, and it's a pretty slick outfit they've got. No, no, it's, it's a good team, really good team, a lot of good boys. Obviously, I've had, I've played with. Obviously, do get held there. You know what I mean? Um, or I've I've played against a number of the boys in that team. So. Um, no, it's a, a good outfit and a good, a really good setup as a club, a really good setup. So, no, it's going, it's going good. Um, and hopefully, we can. Also, last season they had the problems with with lockdown and not being promoted into the kind of league setup. So they're they're, they're desperate to to get that done this season. And uh, playing under Barry Ferguson, uh, how's that looking for you? I mean, vast experience that you know in terms of Scottish football, you you don't reach any higher standard than the ones that he reached. Yeah, no, definitely, possibly. You know the best, the best midfielder to come out of this country in the past how many years? So obviously, um, the knowledge and stuff that you can pass on is invaluable. Great. So we're going to um, we're going to focus primarily on your time with Aith Rovers, of course, and and we'll we'll uh, give a bit of due diligence to our Queen of the South fans that are tuning in for a half time piece pass about your time down there. Um, obviously, I do a wee bit of homework before we we kind of chat much, as we've known each other over a lot of, of years. Um, a couple of things jumped out in your career. Before joining the Rovers, so you went for uh, Kirk and Tillett, Rob Roy, uh, Stenhouse Muir, uh, nine goals in 40 games, not to be sneezed at. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you moved on to Hamilton. And uh, when I looked through that Hamilton Aki's kind of 2011 squad, I was I was really surprised because it made me realise how small a place Scottish football is. Because in that squad that you played in 2011, um, eight of that, that squad went on to play for Wraith Rovers. Right. Um, is that an experience that you, you get moving across the clubs? Um, I mean, I know you've been, uh, you know, across the country, but you're not playing for hundreds of clubs. So, no, um, no, 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 no. Is that a recurring theme that, that that you're always bumping into the same places, in, in the same people? I uh, well, I in a, in a way there is because obviously you're you're looking boys want to play at the highest level they can. So, um, you're either looking at kind of Premiership or Championship, and it's not as if there's an abundance of teams. There's not. 10, 15, 20 teams across each league, you know what I mean? There's, there's a limited number of teams, so the, the, the boys that obviously play at that level, they want to stay at that level, so you've only got your the slim pickings of teams, that, and obviously they've got to want you in order for you to play for them, so you do you do come across a lot of boys who are striving to play at the best level they possibly can, right? Your, your move to the throwers, it was uh, John McGlynn who signed you, but then kind of departed for Harps, kind of pretty much uh, after the, the ink was drying a bit of paper. Weeks, what eh? was um, yeah, how did how did the move come about? Uh, what was the what was the draw for for you to come and join us? Um, initially, I um, I just obviously with Hamilton, I, I came kind of from the the part time football, obviously working as well. Um, joined Hamilton and, and got a taste of, of full time football, and that actually being your, your, your primary source of income, you know, and it's for somebody that was playing amateur five years before that or something. You know what I mean? Four years before that, like it's something you thought would never ever happen. So 
um, there was a part of me that was was desperate to stay there, desperate to to be part of full time football and and experience it for longer than one season. I wanted to to have it for longer than one season. Um, and obviously there, there was that draw, and then playing against Wraith Rovers with Hamilton. Obviously, I knew the stadium was a a great stadium, and it was the grass pitch at the time, big grass pitch. So I thought that would suit me. So um, it was kind of those factors kind of added together. Uh, are you aware in terms of the, the kind of longevity of your career with Rovers, where you kind of sit in the kind of pantheon of our history? I've got some stats for you that I'm wondering if they maybe give you a wee surprise. Um, mm-hmm. 215 games, 26 goals, and that sees you sit at 60th in the all-time appearances uh, across you know 130 plus years of Wraith Rovers. You sit 60th on the all-time appearances. How, how does that grab you? No, that's good. Isn't it? That's not bad. Um, I've always kind of not prided myself, but like. If a club wanted to treat me well, I'd treat the club well, kind of thing, you know what I mean? And uh, that happened for a long time at Rovers, and that's why I stayed for so long, you know what I mean? I'm not being big-headed when I say there was an opportunity to move on, but I just uh, at the time I wasn't I wasn't interested. I was playing football, I was enjoying it. The boys and teams that I was a part of were all were all good, you know what I mean? And it's it's sometimes it's better the devil, you know, that kind of attitude, you know what I mean? So like I enjoyed and I always wanted to to, to stay at a club and you know get my feet under the table and, and just in, in, enjoy it instead of hopping about all the time. Obviously towards the end of my end of career, um, it's football, these things happen, like sometimes you're forced to hop around and it's kind of what's happened come the end, but I'm happy at the kind of start of it, I had a kind of solid base with the fours going forward. What about um, what about your relationship with, with the fans up in Kirkcaldy? I mean, I always kind of keep to myself, really, who we're going to be interviewing for the half-time pieces, but people like to kind of guess, and one or two people are saying, I bet you're going to get Grant Anderson. Um, and I kind of put it back to them, and I said, well, what would you want me to say to Grant, if, if, if indeed it was Grant? And the thing that always comes back to me is the fact that um, your second term is not long-ended with Heath Rovers, but uh, the fans put back to us um, that they never feel that they've got the proper opportunity to kind of say goodbye to you. Um, um, is that something that's going to rest on your own shoulders? Is that something that you would like to address? It's, it is unfortunate because I feel on both occasions I didn't really get that opportunity. Um, the way the, the way the first time kind of came about wasn't perfect, um, and it didn't allow me to say goodbye. Although there was a, I had a, a kind of idea in the back of my head that it might have happened. I didn't want it to happen, but I thought it might have happened. So that day at Easter Road, you know, I took the opportunity to kind of wave. But again, it's an away game, maybe the kind of regulars aren't there or whatever, and you, you don't get the full kind of experience. So I was doing there for five minutes and gave them a wee wave just in case. But that was about as far as it went, you know. Um, and then obviously this time, because of COVID and the, the situation, you know, I was told I wouldn't play um, at all, really. So at my age, I've, I've really got the luxury of just being able to sit on a bench and hope that, well, not hope, that's not the right word. Of course, wait for an injury or wait for a suspension or hopefully get a chance, you know what I mean? And even that, if I did take my chance, you know, somebody came back from that said suspension injury, I would go back on the bench again, you know what I mean? It's not, and it's not what I want at my age, you know what I mean? Um, so I had to take the opportunity to try and find regular football somewhere. And unfortunately that came at the, the cost of coming to the league. Um, but no, it's, it's uh, it does it does annoy me, it does, because I think on both times, I've not managed to leave on my own, say my own terms, you know what I mean? I've not managed to, at least it, would, it was my decision, but I said, you know what, I've had enough, um, maybe I need a new challenge, and I decided to go, but on, on both terms, that kind of decision was taken in my hands. And that's maybe something we'll get the chance to, to address in the in the kind of future. I mean, what message would you have for the Rovers fans in terms of your relationship with them? Well, I just, 
and obviously I get a, I get a wee bit of feedback. I'm not big on social media. Um, I had I do have it, um, and I do get like kind of small glimpses of, of feedback, and, and I must say like ninety ninety nine percent is positive. You know what I mean? You're always you're not going to please everybody. I know that. I'm, I'm, I'm not stupid enough to, to to think otherwise. But um, I just you know, I, it's the same as every club. Like every club I play for, I'll give you one hundred and ten percent. You know what I mean? And even more so, I did that with Rovers because of the time I was there, and you know you, you start to feel a part of it. And there's a obviously you always have the want, the need to do well when you play a game as a personal thing. But then obviously just when, when you're at a club, the length of time I was at a club, you know, it's like you've got to do well. You know what I mean? Because there's people that ruin people's Saturdays. You know what I mean? Um, so I always just gave 110 percent, and I always believe that if you work hard, it works both ways. If you work hard. You've got a better chance of having a good game, but if you're having a bad game, just work through it. You know what I mean? You're bound to do something good eventually. Don't don't give in, and that's the kind of the mantle I took playing over my time at the Rovers. I mean, looking back in your your time with the Rovers across this kind of two hundred and fifteen games, I have to say that it, it wasn't hard for me to find high points, um, and maybe the harder task was actually kind of trying to pick out the kind of key moments and, and inevitably they tend to be the moments that you've probably been asked about the most whereas you know I'm fortunate enough to have seen all of those 215 games so I might have different memories of different pieces of play but um, the four that I've kind of picked out to ask you about I'm going to go in chronological order okay. um, just prior to it's kind of hitting the record button we were kind of I was kind of making a wee uh, a wee kind of light-hearted joke but actually in Kirkcaldy it's the truth is that you know we have the the, the Cruyff turn, but we also have the Anderson flick. Um, tell us about the goal um, in the, the Scottish Cup victory at Easter Road. It was a, it was just an incredibly special uh, Saturday afternoon in all of our recollections. No, I've, I've, had, I've had people contact me and say, you know, like that kind of day lives, lives long the memories for them. They went out to the pub after the game and, you know, and, and, and kind of did. I don't see that and I don't experience that, so it's, it's different for me to hear it. But no, it was just, it was just pure improvisation. You know, everybody asked me, you know, did you mean it? I was like, well, I didn't I didn't mean to backwards flick it into the top corner, you know what I mean? I meant to get a header on target, that's what I meant. But I didn't mean to do what I did, you know what I mean? See if it trundled in the bottom corner, it would have been the same thing. Um, but the way it happened, it's just, um, I'd made a run. Um, Joe's out, obviously, he was out in the wing. Joe's right-footed, so he's cut back and he's given the ball to Callum Booth. So I've made the initial run, so I've had to check my run and come back out. Callum Booth gave him the ball back. He's went to go on his left. I made a run again to the front post. He's checked it on his right. So this time I didn't have time to check back because he's delivering. And when he's delivered, he's basically delivered it at me and my back to goal. So I know I've got the big boy uh, marking me behind me. So I thought I'm just going to have to jump him and, and see what happens here. And instead, I just kind of give him the wee glance and hoping that a striker was there. I thought I'll, I'll put a bit on it and see where I can put it. And I turned around and because the way I landed, Obviously, I've landed my back to goal and I've turned round and the first thing I've seen is just the crowd erupting and I've managed to get my head round the centre half and I've seen the goalie on the deck and the ball and then oh, and that was me off. Celebration, was uh, was that improvised or was that pre-prepared? It's something that's, uh, it, it comes for years ago, it actually comes for Hamilton and it was big, uh, big Sang Menson and, and Mark McLaughlin obviously having a bit of fun at me because of the size of a certain facial feature. Um, yep. So they always said, you know, if you ever score a goal that's on the TV or, or a, a right good goal, you know, you should you should just have a bit of fun at it. And it's just it just came for that, and it's it kind of stuck for a while. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, it was, it was uh, as you say, it was a very special Saturday. But my, my second question, really, uh, in, in terms of the picking out these four points, returns to Easter Road. This is the, the recurrent mm-hmm. theme through some of the points I'm going to pull out, and it's the Ramsden's Cup final victory. Um, tell us about the, the, the build-up, and tell us about the kind of sense of belief that you had. I've spoke to a lot of um, uh, people who were who in and around the camp at that time, and, and a, a lot of people who um, were just on the edges of... of feeling that something a bit special was going to happen that particular day. Was that the sense that you had as, as part of the playing squad? Well, we knew, we knew um, if we did certain things, and we, we would give ourselves a chance. You know what I mean? We didn't want to concede early, which we didn't. Um, yeah. And we, we knew that if we, we kept their, their kind of danger, obviously, in every single game, but if we kept their danger game, it was quiet. And we knew the way they played. We knew the full-backs got high. We knew the wingers went in the way. We knew there was overlapping, underlapping runs that they try and catch out with and they were quick on the counter-attack and we thought, you know, if we can absorb that for as long as possible and frustrate them, then they might run out of ideas and we can maybe create something of our own. And obviously we took it, we took it, we took it all the way, all the way extra time. And then it was eventually them that made the mistake, you know, mostly slipped. And he's allowed Greg in. Greg's obviously had the shot, it's been safe and, and Beardley's fault all like a striker does and finished it. And it's, it's, it's one of those ones, it's... The team that was going to make the more mistakes in that game was going to lose. You know, it's higher, higher up the levels you get. The, the more mistakes you make, the more they punished. And we, we were, we got lucky. We had the woodwork. We had a couple of chances. Um, Lee Wallace is getting behind me, and and Lee Robinson pulled off a great save. Um, <coughs> obviously, emotionally slipped to the edges box, and we managed to capitalise on that. And it's, it's just one of those ones. It's just, it's just the way I looked at that day. Were well, you starting to um, look towards penalty kicks? We, we thinking that that's how the game would have been decided. Aye, aye, because obviously we, it wasn't the most glamorous of football matches, we didn't, we weren't creating five, six, seven, eight chances and coming close, you know what I mean, and it's just, as I say, you're just waiting for that, that wee opening, that wee gap, and obviously Mosley slipped on the grass and, and allowed and spent it in, and it's, it just took off with there, you know what I mean, and then after that, I've, I've never ever wanted a football match to finish quicker in my life. It was an incredibly long um, couple of minutes oh. after that goal, I have to say. I mean, it, it seemed to last longer than the, the, the extra time in its entirety. What was it like um, coming out for a cup final? You know, we had a, a full um, stand at Easter Road. You know, three quarters of the stadium are uh, a different shade of blue and white. What does that do? You know, for us who have never played the game at any kind of significant level, um, you know, we would think about the nerves. Are, are you just um, running on adrenaline at that point? Or does it actually, the fact that there's such a vocal um, contingent from Glasgow, does, does that does that bring any uh, fear towards your game? How, well, how do you cope with that? It does, it does bring nerves. It does bring nerves. But obviously nerves are a good time. If you're totally relaxed and um, going into a, a situation like that with, with no nerves, then you're either one of the top, top players in the world or, yeah. you know, you're, you're doing it wrong. Um, so, like, when you... When, when I started to play football, obviously, as you, as you know, you play amateurs and you play juniors, and like that's that's what you want to do. That's when you you, you watch the TV and you're like, wow, I wish, I wish I could do that kind of thing. I go to a settle out stadium and play in front of twenty odd, twenty five thousand people. You know, just experience it. So when you get the old I look at it, when you get the opportunity to do so, then you have got to try and make the most of it. You don't want to go up in a shell, crawl up a shell, and, and then not perform, and, and because it's like being 34 now and obviously coming at the end of a career, like these moments pass you by, you know what I mean? And if you don't if you don't grab them then it's it's a wasted moment. So I just I just went into it and I thought I'll just obviously do as best as I possibly can and, and just and just soak up the atmosphere. And luckily enough, you know, we did well that day and 
it's it's maybe the opposite when Rangers are doing well and if they went two, three nil up early doors in that game, then it starts making a noise and it starts bouncing. You know what I mean? Then you can go into a shell and you think this is going to be a tough 90 minutes. But we obviously kept that crowd quiet for long, long periods of that game. Um, and they actually did the opposite happened. They started getting the back of Rangers players. So we used it for us, you know what I mean? It maybe it maybe helped us a wee bit in that respect. What was uh, what was Grant's um, team talk like before the game? Was it about as you say, minimal mistakes. Was it about quieting the crowd? Was it about just seeing how long we could um, keep it at nil-nil and, and we'll evolve a different game plan in the second half? Well, was that the kind of theme? or, or, or uh, was Basically, you know, the theme was we went on a kind of team bonding exercise and days before that and it, it was just like a togetherness. He's like, everybody's got to look after each other. You've got to cover each other's backs because, as you say, that he knows... He, he's no daft, he knows people make mistakes in football games. Yeah. And if we wanted to win that game, then if somebody made a mistake, somebody else had to take it up. And he's like, you've got to, it's just like togetherness for 90 minutes. Obviously, it went on longer than that, but togetherness for 90 minutes, look each other each other's back. And if you can do that and you can limit their chances, that you've got a chance of doing something here. You know what I mean? Obviously, he knew he needed that wee bit of luck. Everybody needs that wee bit of luck in a cup final. And we obviously got that slice of luck, and Rangers didn't. I mean, I think the I think you mentioned Dougie Hill earlier, but I mean, his his man of the match performance was was something to behold. You also know that Lee Robinson, who's kept Davy out, is is going to have to play a blinder, which, to be fair to him, he absolutely did. Um, did you pick up any kind of sense of how that the Rangers players might have approached that game a wee bit differently? One of your teammates uh, said in a, an interview that, that he spoke with, with one of the Rangers players who had a, a sense of we're just here to pick up the trophy. Did you sense any nerves or did you sense um, that um, they had a greater degree of confidence? You know what I mean? They, they'll, they'll definitely go into games differently than we went to. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a massive, massive cup final for us. And obviously the full stadium was like, like we, we don't do that every week. You know what I mean? At the time, Rangers do that every week. I'm not saying it's another week for them. You know what I mean? It is a cup yeah. final, but it's maybe not the cup they would look to be. They want the Scottish Cup, the League Cup, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, so did they did they go in thinking it was it was a walkover? I don't know. I've not I've not spoken to any of them. You know what I mean? I, I, they didn't. They really also drum about to say I wasn't treating that way. I can tell you that because I had to chase him up and do the pitch. So <laughs> um, if he was having an off day, then I'm in trouble. Um, but I didn't. I didn't pick that up. No. But I can understand that possibly why they would think that. We 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 continue. Um in this uh, Wraith Rovers Rangers relationship moving on to the third point I'm going to pick out. Um, it was a, a calendar year later after your goal against Hibs that we find ourselves at Ibrox in Scottish Cup duty. Um, incredibly low attendance, I think about 11,000. And um, and we pull off, I think it was Rovers' first win there. I'm working from memory rather than stats. I think it's about 56 years since we'd won at Ibrox. Um, again, fortunate enough to be one of maybe 50 or 60 Rovers fans that, that went through and hope rather than expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you recall of that of that particular game? You know the goals from Christian um, Conroy's free kick, um, a, a really hard working effort from start to finish, and, and I, I think a I think a, a scoreline that that shocked more than just Rangers fans. Yeah, no, definitely. As you say, it was a low attendance, but it was it's it's the stage. It's the Scottish Cup. It's Ibrox. You know what I mean? And we wanted what I wanted to go, and you you want to play well, you want to do well, and give yourself a chance. And again, we we did that. You know, like. We took a, a set piece, got a goal from it, got ourselves ahead, you know, and, and it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't so much that day, but hanging on, we actually played really well that day, and, and Christian's goal was obviously like Jason 
Uh, I'm running down the lane, I give it to Jason. Jason gets in behind, puts the ball across. I went, what goal? And Christian finishes it. I think Mark, Marky, Marky got there, and the ball yeah. scored loose, and, 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 and Nadia finished it. Um, but no, it was, as you say, like they, they only had 11,000 fans. Maybe if it was more, it would have been a different game, you know, because they would have thrived off the, the, the fan base, you know what I mean? But again, like, it's something I always look back at. It's something, you know, when you want to go to these big, big arenas and, and, and get with, and obviously you want to play and you want to play 90 minutes and you want to soak it in, but see if you can have a result on top of that. I mean, it's all the more special. And that, obviously, that day that I am. I mean, I've been, I've been to Ibrox and I've been scaled 6 1. You know what I mean? So I know what that feels like um, on more than one occasion, but it's when you do stuff like that, you, you realise how much it, it means to you. Because the fourth point I would want to pull up would be the league, uh, the league win of last year, which um, ultimately kind of petered out and ended up in the courts of law and so forth. But um, what, what was that achievement uh, like for yourself? What did it mean? What did it, um, you know, did it solidify your relationship with the club? The fact that um, you know you'll you always be part of the squad that took us back to the championship after a number of years of trying. No, that's that was that was the reason I came back. You know, obviously the, I was given the opportunity to come back to the force. John McGuinn through Paul Smith contacted me, wanted me to come back, and I ended up um, I ended up meeting John uh, and, and talking to him about it. And you know, like obviously you want to play the highest level you can, and you, you play you play where you're going to play football. But there's teams you can go to, and you know you've got a chance of winning stuff. And this was obviously coming back to the Rovers was obviously a massive pull for me. But then the plus side to that was. Well, they've had a chance of winning this league for the past three seasons, so they're definitely going to have a chance this year. You know what I mean? So that was something else. That was the incentive for me, and I'd never won a league at um, this at professional level. So another another thing was obviously get a bit between your teeth, and you, you want to go and do well and, and get the club promoted. So I know obviously kind of be a back door. We managed to do that, but it's it's still you know what I mean. We're top of the table. Um, we've been we had been top of the table. I think the start was 20, 22 out of the twenty eight weeks or something of the season. We had been top some along the lines. Can't quite remember. I mean, did it? Did the end in any way tarnish it for you, or actually, do you look at that medal and actually there's immense pride at the fact that um, the hard work paid off? Um, personally, personally, there's two ways you can look at it, and they're, they're both, um, they're both good. You know, obviously we, we did win it, and yes, I look at my medal and it is a, a sense of pride because, as I say, we were top of that league for 80 percent of that season. You know what I mean? So who, who can turn around and tell you um, that wouldn't have changed? On the last eight weeks, ten weeks of the season, because nobody knows, nobody, nobody knows the answer to that. People turn around and say, "No, you wouldn't have won it." Well, how, how do you know we wouldn't have won it? You know what I mean? That's, you put a lot of numbers on because you know more than me. But um, uh, we stayed there at the top of the league. We were playing well at the time, and we were winning games. So, like, who's to argue that it wasn't? You know, don't get me wrong. Like, would I wait to went into the last game of the season, one point ahead of Falkirk at the Falkirk Stadium, won it there? Hundred percent. You know what I mean? Definitely, because that would have been a packed out crowd. That would have been a the bottom stand would have been full. You know, I mean, it would have been an event, <coughs> and it would have been good to play in. Um, but again, it's not as if twenty-two Range Rovers players went to the court and said, "You've got to give us this medal." We, we were involved in it. It was somebody else making the decisions, and we've just got. It's, unfortunately for Falkirk at the time, it's, they've just got to go with the decision that was made, and people put it across that oh, you, you still. Well, we never, you know, we did our part. We stayed top of that table when the the. The virus came in and cancelled everything. We we remained at the top, so we've done our part. Somebody else has made that decision for us, and just luckily, the decision suited us. One of the things that uh, that I think's kind of been missed in amongst all of this is is the fact that you know you we mentioned about the game against um, Rangers at Easter Road, but 
but the pandemic took away the opportunity for you to perform in another cup final as well because we would have went into that um, the, you know the Carmel Trophy against Inverness you know, there's, there's talk of that game being played maybe with fans getting in this season or uh, I'm not sure if they'll bother behind closed doors but mm. you know it certainly came at a personal cost as, and a professional cost as well didn't it? No definitely because that could have been a, another medal you know what I mean that would have been I think that's one, two, that would have been the third time I would be involved in the Ramsey Cup final. Or the, obviously, it's went through different names over the years. So yeah. it's a, it is another personal personal accolade. And it's it's what you want to do when you play football. You want to play in finals. You want to, to win leagues. You want to win cups. So it's another opportunity that's, that's sadly been missed because of this. But again, that's the downside of the virus for me. You know what I mean? The upside is, and for myself and Ruth Rovers, is that we won the league title. But the downside is that I personally never managed to to play in another, another cup final at the ripe old age of 34, which is something I was desperate to do, but it's, it's just something you've got to accept, and again, I didn't make that decision, somebody else made that decision for me. Of course. I've picked out maybe the, the kind of more obvious um, high points your time at Wraith Rovers. Is there any that you would want to add? Um, well, I, 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 I sounds like cliche, you know, but I enjoy, I enjoy it all, but obviously there is the, the main ones. I'd even, even going to Ibrox, I remember going to Ibrox and, and get beat 6-1, but it was the I'm sure the the, the, the armistice day or something for all the flags. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the was coming down. And force day it was. Yeah, it was close to thirty or thousand in the stadium. You know what I mean? It's just I know obviously we went on and we could beat, and it's, nobody wants to be beat six one. You know what I mean? But like, see, just playing in front of that and the noise and just like it was a sunny day, the, the grass was perfect. You know what I mean? It was just it was brilliant to be a party. Um, again, obviously the result wasn't wasn't brilliant, but it's it's one of those things as a footballer, as a professional, you want to go to these these levels and, and say you've done it and, and luckily enough I can say I've done it. Um, obviously I've been at Parkhead with these Rovers as well. Um, we beat comfortably in the first game but the, the second game you know we could beat 2-1 and it was sorry 2-0 and it was um, the last five minutes they scored the second goal yeah, and just right. before that Ross Matthews had you know what I mean he'd, he'd missed a chance at the other end but it could have been 1-0 you know what I mean so it's, it's fine margins and that was I got to play against Keane Tierney and look, look at the kind of the levels he stepped on as well, so it's just it's wee bits like that you can add into your, your kind of scrapbook for end of career and, and say you did. So no, I'm, I'm obviously I've been to Tyne Castle, I've been Easter Road, I've been I've been lots of different stadiums and played at lots of different places, and it's it's just those personally for me that's the kind of things I enjoy. You know what I mean? Going to the different arenas and, and, and seeing how it works there and, and getting to just pit yourself against the kind of the best footballers in Scotland. It's nice to hear that you've got that sense of uh, still kind of enjoyment in. You know, the kind of boyhood look at football, as you as you mentioned, players that you've played against. I was looking up, you know, I was watching um, John McGinn hit the bar uh, tonight for Aston Villa, and then just kind of thinking, I'm sure he scored in the, the quarter final of the playoff against us. So I googled it, and sure enough, he did uh, in, in the game at Easter Road. So, you know, there are people played against that have, have really kind of gone on and, and lit things in fire. And I'm going to come on to Queen of the South, and, and there's a couple of guys that I want to kind of pick out um, in terms of your time there. Um, 26 games for uh, Queen of the South. Uh, again, I come back to Easter Road, so I wonder if your high point at that time was, was scoring in the, the, the kind of League Cup, Betfred Cup, as it would have been called at that point. Um, another goal and another header at Easter Road? Yeah, that one that one actually has a bit of personal meaning to me. Um, obviously, it's, it's a great occasion again, Easter Road, you know what I mean? And you're obviously a really underdog, um, but we, we go in and we, we play well. It was, it was Dolby's first game, he came on as a sub. I think he came on as a sub. Sure, he came on as a sub. Um, and he's, he's managed to get a couple of goals as well. Um, Linden's obviously scored that game. Um, and we just kind of went to stress the strength that game. It was never at any kind of point did we feel you were going to get beat. But it's a 
it's a weird one that game because I've scored the header and I've just ran over and, 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 and to, to celebrate and my dad's been at every single one of my games, you know, 99% of my games, even when I was younger, he used to come off the night shift and just go straight to watch me play. Obviously he's retired now so he's got more time um, to do this but um, I've scored goals at different stadiums and it's it's just that thing, you see your dad after the game, you talk about it. But my dad always, I don't know if you, you know where my dad sat at before, but he always sat yeah, at the main stand, you know what I mean? Just out of the way, up the back, doing his own thing. Um, but for some strange reason, scored against Hibs, went over to celebrate the fans, and my dad's in like the fifth <laughs> row. And I'm like, pretty, and you know, it's special to me because I've scored goals, and like, luckily enough, I've been able to score like quite important goals um, just every now and then. And you know, obviously, your dad's celebrating because he wants you to do well, but you never see it. And yeah. I saw I saw my old man going absolutely mental, you know what I mean, with all these people jumping and talking and stuff like that. And I've just I've never seen my dad like that. And I thought, you know what I mean, it's as a as a special goal for that one, just because I got to actually see how he he celebrated his boys scoring the goal. So now I was quite happy. Fantastic. That's a, that's absolutely fantastic. Neil and I who do the commentary at Wraith TV, we know exactly where your dad sat in the main stand, so we can assure you we've saw him gone mental lots of times Bye. in the goals. So, but that's particularly nice to hear it and, and the, the, the opportunity to see it. We should, maybe should have put a camera, maybe put, should have put your dad cam on at one point uh, to see that. Um, think, we mentioned two guys there. Is, there. I think there is a photo. I think there is a photo and you can just see him. You can just see him at the top of it. Everybody's yeah. kind of piled on me. And I, I'm, I need to try and find that again. I'm sure I've got it somewhere. And you can just see him at the top of the photo, and obviously he's jumping up and down. But my dad's a reserve guy. You know what I mean? I've never seen him. Like he's never up too high. He's never too low. But obviously you're saying we go mental. And I, say, I don't know this. You know I don't. I don't know. So as if I run straight over and, and, and look for it. You know what I mean? You forget it in the moment. And just at this one because obviously Easter Road that stands so close to the pitch, and then you just scored and just oh, they deserve you know. You know what I mean? In terms of your time at Queen of the Sides, go tell me a wee bit about um, Stephen Doby and Lyndon Dykes. Um, you mentioned about Doby coming in and, and kind of coming on in that game. Um, I, I looked up the stats: twenty-six goals in forty-two games that season is, I mean, that's phenomenal strike rate. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think the level of talent that the guys had and, and the huge degree of affection he has for for Queen of the South is is, is well covered. What, what was it like to play with? What was it like to train with? What was his his attitude yeah. like? Doby's, yeah, he's excellent and obviously I'd heard of him and, and knew about him. Um, but he goes down south, obviously, and like when he goes down south, teams seem to get promoted. You know what I mean? I think he's been promoted to the Premiership two or three times. You know what I mean? And you're, when you do that, you're not a bad player. Um, so obviously he came up and obviously I'd heard about the kind of connection he had um, with the club. And it was actually uh, Jim that was trying to, the assistant manager. He played him when he was previously Queen of the South. And obviously he got word that he might have a chance at signing him, so he was he was on top of it, trying to bring him back, trying to bring him back, and he was obviously talking, saying, obviously, if he managed to get Dolby, this would be a season changer and stuff like that, and this guy's excellent, so, you know, obviously, he's trying to bring in a good, a good quality player, and then, when he arrives, you know what I mean, you see, you see what he does in daily, you know what I mean, and how he goes about things, um, and I know, I'm not being disrespectful when I say this, but I know, obviously, Stephen changed a lot, he would even say it himself when he was younger, he maybe never took the game as serious as what he should, and he wasn't in the best of shape, but when he came up and he was like 31, 32, he was, he was in absolute great physical condition, you know what I mean? And the stuff he did after training, they stay like that and up in the gym, you know, it's it's, it's why he, he does so well up here. Um, and you can see obviously the, the game down south, how it's kind of changed his mentality. Um, but no, he's, he's, he's got a bit of everything, you know what I mean? He's got, a, he's got a ton of pace, he's got a great first touch, set pieces, he's deadly. 
you know what I mean? And he's he's got that calmness about him where you think if you take another touch, the defender or the keeper's going to get to you. But he takes that extra touch and it just seems to create more space and he'll roll it another way. I've never, obviously, he, he scores, obviously, they want to go against Aberdeen the season after I left and the Scottish Cup, but he dumped it in the top bin for the 35 yards. But his finishing is that he just rolls in the corners. You know what I mean? He doesn't bloat it in the bottom corners for six yards out. He just waits that wee extra second to see where the keeper goes and he'll just put it, you know, calmly. And that's what that's what kind of stands him out from everybody else. Just that kind of the awareness that he's got around the six yard box. Lyndon Dykes is is kind of made the, the ascent that I think every schoolboy uh, football player would dream of. Uh, we we've seen him uh, Ray Rose in kind of close proximity as he puts to the sword in the playoff. Uh, few years back and then playing for Livingston in the Scottish Cup, he put in a, a, an incredible performance. Well, did you did you see that in, in his game? Did you see that he had that extra um, special bit of talent that would, that would push him further? When he, when he, obviously he was young, he was really young when I played with him. He's still young just now, but he, he was younger when I played with him. And um, at the time, you can only really go, like, he had all the attributes. You knew he had all the attributes. He was quick, he was strong, he was tall. He was in good condition, and as a football player, he, he, had, he, had, he had all the, the attributes going forward to, to be a good football player, and he had a good attitude. Um, and it's, it, football's a funny game, you know what I mean? If you can combine all that, and somebody else picks up on that, you know what I mean? You, you've always, always got that chance of, of going somewhere, I mean, it's up to yourself, but how you do. So obviously he's managed to get himself... I mean, it's no surprise that Dobie's not scoring as many as what he's did since Dykes left, you know what I mean? Because he was a great... Um, foil for him. He did all Dobie's hard work. He was a physical presence up front and Dobie was the, you know, the touch of magic. Um, but I'm sure if you counted back the number of assists, I've seen a lot of Stephen Dobie goals over the past few seasons and the number of times that it was Lyndon Dykes that was playing the through ball, flicking it on to him, cutting it back from, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's, no, it's no surprise that Stephen's goal tally dropped since he left and they've not found a player to replace him. Um, but obviously he's managed that's, that's how football works. He's, he's meant to be playing the championship, doing well. He's managed somebody's taking a chance on in the Premiership. He's done well. And when you're doing well in the Scottish Premiership, there's always that opportunity where you can go elsewhere. And he's went he's went down south and he's he's grabbed his opportunity. He's played for Scotland. That puts you on the worldwide map. You know what I mean? So who knows? Who knows what comes from next? Who knows where it goes? What what comes next for Grant Anderson? You're, you're at Kelty just now. Um, is it to play as long as you can? Do you see a do you see a future in coaching, or, or is your f- future more likely to rest with the referee? Are you still involved with that? Um, still involved with it. Obviously, there's not much going on just now because the kids aren't allowed to. They aren't allowed to play. Um, it's not considered essential, so um, there's not a lot happening with that just now. Um, only every now and then do you get maybe a friendly. Um, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm I'm looking into that. Um, as I say to you. As I said previously, football's full of opportunities and moments that pass you by. And I'm just, I don't think I'm ready to kind of to stop playing as yet. You know what I mean? I enjoy it far too much. I did come into it late. I only turned professional when I was 25. So maybe if I'd played for that extra seven years when I was 17, 18, maybe I'd be sick of it by now. But it's just, it's no, it's no the way it's turned out. Um, I do want to play as long as I feel fit to play. I'd like to play, but I do know in the back of my head that. There is another opportunity potentially waiting for me, um, and I'm, I'm going to have to seriously look at it um, pretty soon because um, I don't want that to pass me by either, purely because I was too stubborn to, to stop playing. Is, is coaching something that you've thought about? Is that something that draws um, your attention? I did I did look at coaching. Um, I looked at maybe getting my B licence, 
but then Gary Naismith came into Queens and the full, that was my full-time career kind of finished. Yeah. So obviously we're working and stuff like that. I wasn't, I didn't enjoy coaching that much that I wanted to take a week off my work and go down to Largs and do it the part-time <laughs> way. If I could have done it the full-time way and got my coaching badges, then fair play. But obviously that would that another decision in football that's kind of kind of made for you and you've just got to kind of roll with the punches. Well, I guess whatever does come next for you, Grant, we, we wish you well. We look forward to seeing you back at Starts Park. Um, I think all the fans will want to give you a proper send-off when the time's right and the South stands full. We will, uh, we've always got an open door in our commentary box as well. When the COVID restrictions um, ease somewhat, you're welcome to come and join us in the mics as well. I'm really grateful for you taking all your, your uh, time to chat with us tonight. We've uh, kind of indulged ourselves a wee bit with your company. So I'll give you the final word. Anything you want to add? No, no, I've really enjoyed it and, and as I said at the start, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed my time at the club and um, it's good to know that obviously we managed to get back to the Championship and see some of the performances that we're putting in this season, incredible. You know what I mean, John McGlynn's obviously installed a way of playing football that I really enjoyed playing in last year, you know what I mean, it was, it made the game sound strange but it, it made the game easier, you know what I mean, when you play in a football team that's got so much of the football and it's like attack after attack after attack, you know what I mean, and being involved a lot, obviously John put me up front as well. And I always felt playing up front, I was more involved in the game than what I would have been out wide. So, or the way I played out wide, um, I was more involved. So, I, I really enjoyed it. And it's just good to see that all the hard work the boys have put in, listening to coaching staff and, and working with training field to like design design this way of playing football and sticking to it. And, and obviously, some of the, the, the numbers of goals you're scoring, you know what I mean? It was 5 2 at the weekend, you know what I mean? It's not as if you're skating past teams 1 and 2 0, you're, you're just you're brushing teams out the way. So, it's, it's good to see it come to fruition and, and I hope the club goes on this season and does, does as well as it possibly can.